1: Hey, everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Look, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your next order of $50 or more. Now let's jump into the show.
2: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network.
3: We're crisscrossing with jokes. right in, turned out by Jordan. One 2 and
2: The best Avalanche coverage in Denver <laughs>
1: hello hello welcome welcome in everybody this is the bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage i am your host jesse montano and i am joined alongside uh we'll call him our insider tsn's got their insiders bsn has our very own insider aj hayfleet aj are you staying warm sir yeah, I uh
2: actually just took a, a shower where the, the water wasn't hot at all. Ooh. And yeah, I was like, well, I guess this is just going to suck then. Yeah, And I turned it up a little bit and it went from like lukewarm water to like, oh, my skin is now melting off my body. Yeah. So yeah. uh now I'm sitting in front of uh my fan just trying to, you know, hope that these burns aren't too bad on my back.
1: So we just got a new water heater. Ours went out. So when your water heater, when it's going out, you know, sometimes you don't get, it doesn't go fully cold. It's not a cold shower, but it just doesn't get hot, you know? So for the last, uh, last little while I'd gotten used to it. Every time I got in the shower, I just cranked it all the way. Um, and I was also having a little bit of a separate issue, uh, on my, on my shower. But so moral of the story is my shower really wasn't getting that hot for the last few months. So we got a new water heater uh, right at the end of last week. And the first time I jumped in the shower, I just did what I always did. Cranked it all the way, you know, mm-hmm. brush my teeth and stuff. I just jumped right in and I I thought my skin melted off. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: so not fun. It can be and, so uncomfortable, man, because you're just like, wow, wow,
1: wow, wow. Like, oh, okay, okay. And, and especially depending on what side of the water you step to. If you happen to step away from the faucet, you have to do this weird like – reach without touching the water but still you have to reach far enough to get to, it's horrible but i do love me a hot shower
2: yeah well as opposed to cold ones for sure right where it's right. just like this is like standing in the rain
1: yeah and see even lukewarm showers it's like oh i mean this isn't cold but this really isn't it's like when you want when you're like ooh, i'm craving a coke and they bring you pepsi it's like or a Diet Coke, where it's right. like, it, it's so close. Yeah, you're like it. It is. It is what I ask for technically, but it's just not what I was really looking for. Uh, AJ, we are six days away from the NHL trade deadline, one p.m. Mountain Time on February twenty fifth, and there's been a lot of new information that's come out. Over the weekend, the apps played yesterday, so we had to give you a recap of what was going on yesterday. But here today is our full trade deadline show. We are probably going to do uh, at least one more of these, if not two, leading up to the deadline as as players are on the move, as as uh, mm-hmm. trade talks and contract talks continue. So uh, with the amount of news we have to cover today, we're only going to do one segment of, of the uh, mock trades that you guys have been sending us like crazy. Uh, so that's probably why we'll try to squeeze in a couple more of these because we do, we do like giving you guys some, you know, your your very due airtime. But AJ, let's start with the abs. Uh, something you uh, have been talking about on this show pretty much all season. We've discussed it multiple times. But Elliot Friedman included it in 31 thoughts today. Patrick Nemeth uh, looks like Colorado might be trying to move on from him at the deadline. Calgary, a potential suitor. Uh, Do you have anything here?
2: Yeah. So we've been talking about um, the abs finding a suitor for Nemeth most of the season. And it's, you know, last summer, I think the abs kind of made their choice about, you know, they knew Kale McCarr was coming at the, at the end of this year. Right. Like, yep. There was, there was no secret that they needed, they needed one guy for a couple of years. and, you know, Barbario had outplayed Nemeth pretty, uh, I think, pretty significantly last year, um, and so he got the two-year deal, and that was kind of the ABS in my eyes. That was the ABS making their their choice,
1: um, right? And and again, at the end of last season, I think everyone would have, I think everyone did agree with that decision. That uh, it was Barbario for Barbaro the, for over the most Nemeth. part.
2: Like uh, the people who were right, definitely agreed, and. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do think that uh you know Nemeth has had a solid year. This has been kind of a lost season for Barbario. But they Just still have the Barbario for another year. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But they still have Barbario signed for another year, whereas Nemeth is still uh, you know, he's a he's a pending UFA, his contract expires this year. And, you know, given what he got paid on his most recent contract and given that players tend to prefer raises. And he'll be heading into an open market. Uh, it's it's doubtful that Colorado will be able to bring Patrick Nemeth back. I mean, he's at two point five right now, and it's not that Colorado has like a huge cap crunch, but there's no need for them to give out.
1: You don't want to get. Pa- Why would you get Patrick Nemeth two point more than two point five? Right. You, you know, the there's
2: there's no reason to get anywhere in the neighborhood of three million for any length of time for him right now. Um, I just, and that's, you know, I, I just, the situation is such that it's, it's just not necessary. And, uh, Nemeth is, is your classic, like solid third pairing guy that won't, that won't sabotage you. You know, he's not going to lose you games. Mm He, he tends to avoid like the big, big, big mistake. Um, you know, he's got his limitations, but he's also got his role that he excels at. And in, in Colorado, he's kind of a PK specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he only plays about 13 minutes at even strength, and then he, the rest of it is all PK time. So LA Friedman he,
1: mentioned, mentioned Calgary. Do you see that as a fit? Have you heard of any talks between the well, two? So what...
2: Calgary makes sense, but I would also say you could replace Calgary with any team in the NHL that is firmly in the postseason right now.
1: And what do you think the price would be for another team to acquire Patrick Nemeth? What could the Avs be looking at getting in return?
2: You know, a guy like that, you know, I I don't know what the Avs preference is. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of times in these kinds of swaps the last few years, they've they've preferred to get players. Players that they've scouted, players that they like, um, players that they're comfortable with in some capacity that can help their AHL team or their NHL team right away. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, history says that this is, you know, you get a mid round pick for this guy. You get a fourth rounder. I think is is I think would be fair. If uh, leading up to the deadline, the Avs moved to Nemeth and they got a fourth round pick from anybody. I I would be comfortable with that. I that, that's not something I would ever get upset about.
1: Other name that was mentioned today, uh, Sven Andregetto. I don't think this one's much of a secret expiring deal. Wow. Was there a lot of, a lot of hope uh, that, that Andrew Gettle was going to turn his career around when he first came to Denver. I thought it looked good the other night playing with Nathan McKinnon, Alexander Kerfoot, but odds are his time in Colorado is up. Do you have any kind of pulse on what might be happening with spend 10?
2: Uh, I think they're, the Avs have been looking to move him for a while now. and I've been saying that that's – of all the guys, if I had to guess what the Avs were going to do at the deadline, Andrew Ghetto has always been my number one guy to get moved out. Um, it's really just about finding a team that wants him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's not going to be – it's not a guy that is going to be in demand by all 30 teams that are out there. Um, there's – I I can't imagine that a playoff team – is beating down the door and like we've got to get this guy here, you know. I could, I could see be a nice thirteenth forward. I could see a team like Dallas that could use a little bit of of skating and skill infusion into their into their bottom six.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I could see a team like them um, having having a use for him, especially because he's especially because he's a little on the cheap side. Yep, uh, and they have a lot of money tied up into uh, into that forward core of theirs. So I could see a team like Dallas. I think they would make a lot of sense. Um, but what do you swap him for? I, I I don't have any kind of read on what his market actually is. What the Abs would want for him, I've I've said repeatedly. I think that they'll try and get him for another team's Andrew Ghetto, You know, uh, another team's forward that's kind of on the outs. Um, his role has been minimized a guy, you know, that, that you could maybe look to give a bigger role to down the road. Um, you know, we've heard all this about, uh, Burakovsky in Washington. Now, I don't think that would be an Andrew ghetto deal necessarily, but that's, that's kind of a guy that you would say, this makes sense. This is, this is the kind of guy that we want. Uh, to to find in that kind of a deal you know a guy that can come in and and help you fill a role and and be productive but not like not a guy that's going to change your roster or anything you know this is more nibbling around the edges for me i would trade Andrew ghetto i would try and get a defensive prospect uh, i i think Colorado needs to start looking to rebuild uh some of their d DE prospect depth uh with Timmins you know, still not playing. McCarr is not going to be a prospect um, anymore. Like as soon as he leaves UMass, he's in the NHL, you know, like that's it. He might, he, like I can see him like joining the Eagles for a playoff run or something, but beyond that, like it's, he would be a, you know, he's not going to be like a prospect much longer and beyond those guys, you know, they don't really have, you know, Malosh is, is there Josh Anderson, I guess technically is there in the first year of his ELC, but, the you know, with, with Lindholm and Boykov and Girtson, you know, we've kind of figured out who those guys are. They're all 23, 24 years old. Uh, and that AHL defense needs an infusion of actual prospects in it. So I think that's what I would be trying to do at this deadline if I am running the team is if I'm gonna move a guy or two out, if I'm moving out an Andrew Ghetto, I'm not, you know, if I can get a fifth round pick for him, awesome. Like that's totally fine. I have mm-hmm. no issues with them doing that. I'm never going to complain about a team adding more uh, draft picks. It's yeah. just given Colorado's history that hasn't really been their style. They've they've more preferred to uh, to fill in the the ranks of their their organization with a player they've already done some scouting on a player that they like for whatever reason. So, um, I, and and you know, realistically, try and find a Columbus cast off,
1: right? <laughs> Uh, let's go to the big fish here for Colorado. Tyson Berry, I think, is the one that everyone has been talking about for a while. What kind of read do you get here uh, as far as as before the, the trade deadline next week? AD has been saying that if there's any one Avs player to be on the move next week, his money is on Tyson Berry. Do you feel the same way?
2: Uh, I think they've looked... I think they value uh, I think they've they've talked to teams, I think they've probably talked specifics with teams um, but I don't know that they're far enough out, you know they're one they're one spot behind Minnesota for a playoff spot right now, and you could look at it, you can look at the race, you know chicago, Vancouver, Arizona are all still in that. Uh, Anaheim is only five points back, although it's hard to take them ultra seriously given how things have gone lately. Um, but like, you're still talking about Colorado's one point out of a playoff spot right now. And I think Colorado needed to be more like five to seven points out of a playoff spot for them to have moved Barry. Um, I still think that that deal happens before the start of next season, but just given that they've, they've accrued just enough points to, to, to stay in this thing. I don't know that a Barry deal will happen in the next week. It it would not surprise me. I will say it would not surprise me. But if I if I had to put money on it and I had to put any kind of confidence on it, I would say um, it probably, just because Colorado has managed to hang around, it probably does not happen.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you you've still got him for another year. It's not like he's a pending UFA that you have to move on from right now. Uh, like the situation a specific other team is in, we will get into momentarily. The last one we want to talk about from the Avs has kind of been out of nowhere, and there's a lot of different feelings about uh, if if it is time to move on with him, if they should really stick with him. Nikita Zadorov. there was a report that he had asked for a trade out of Colorado. Adrian Dater asked him point blank if if he wanted to be traded. He told AD no. What do you think happens with Big Z? Uh,
2: I think I think Z is uh, there for the getting if somebody wants him. Um, Why? I I just you know the the coaching staff. It's obvious that they still haven't totally come around on him. Um, it's. I mean, his game hasn't really jumped. Can anybody, even even the most ardent of Zadorov fans, would have to say that there hasn't been much of a progression in his game this year? Um, he still takes too many penalties.
1: I think he's um, played well recently.
2: I, well, and he'll have stretches where he's, you know, he goes through some good games, and then he will have some stinkers, and that's kind of that's kind of just who he is, but. You know, the five goals is nice, but the three assists in 48 games is a serious concern. You know, for me, like, he's a guy that has to be able to produce a little bit of offense because his defense is not so good. You know, it's not so high level, it's not dominant that he can get away with no offense. Right. You know, and right now, I mean, the guy has, the guy has, Three assists, uh, in in forty eight games, and everybody's favorite fourth liner Gabriel Bork had five in thirty nine games. Now, obviously, that's a defenseman to a forward, but you're you're also talking about a guy that was playing seven minutes a night. You know, and Sadorov is what sixteen minutes a night, mm-hmm. and for him to have just found his way to so little offense has been disappointing to me. And the defense, his defensive game has not really rounded into any kind of form. He's the same guy he's always been. He's the same inconsistent, um, you know, shift to shift. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him. You could, you know, he can go just as easily from looking like the unicorn that he is when he skates the puck out of the zone. And he gets, you know, he gets into the offensive zone and he, you know, he's got that big, big shot of his.
1: Well, that rush he went on last night, my first thought was. Man, if anyone's here scouting him, that was a great look.
2: <laughs> Roll and and those are the things that you see with him, where you're like, "Oh my god, Big
1: Z!" Right? Like hell yeah! You, you see that, and you go, "Why would anybody want to trade this guy?"
2: Right? And then and then you see the frustrations defending his own net, or sometimes it just, you know, he has he has a major case of controller disconnect, yeah. where, you know, he just looks he just looks like he. Isn't isn't processing what's going on around him, mm-hmm. the way the way you would hope, you know, where he's it's it's just not going well for him, and you know his his defense, it's it's funny to me that people just endlessly bag on Tyson Berry's defense, but Zadorovs gets the kind of free pass that it does
1: because he hits,
2: um, well, right, like he crushes guys, and there's no denying that he's one of the rare, like, truly, like, big hitters in the NHL. Yeah. You know, it's not just hit numbers and frequency. It's that he hits through guys. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of guy that hits a guy in the chest and can give a guy a concussion.
1: Well, that that is the one thing with with Z. He does take too many penalties, but you don't have the suspension problem with him and the headhunting problem with him that you do see with some of, you know, some of the leagues. Well, you just said big hitters are more – More physical guys, that's one thing you have to give Z. He always makes contact with the puck first and then he lays guys out clean.
2: Um, Yeah. And that's great, but he still takes way more penalties than he should.
1: Right. So, so let me ask you this. Go
2: ahead. Like, how much, how much is the, is the just the hitting worth? Well, so when, you know, right now he is somewhere in the top. He's 19th in the NHL in penalties. He's got 21 minors. Um, and that's, you know, way high up there.
1: So let me, let me ask you that exact question. 23 year old mobile six foot five defenseman. What is he worth? If the abs, what, what kind of offers would the abs have out there from an asset standpoint? I'm not asking you for names. I don't think we've gotten any names. Uh, what kind of return can you expect for Nikita Zadoroff if the Abs should go that way
2: I mean it, again this really starts with what what do they want you know what is cuz with a guy like Z you can go anywhere you can you can ask for um, high draft picks and i think mean, you could justifiably ask for like second round draft picks you're not going to get a first i don't think um
1: <clears throat> you don't think you could get a a playoff team to pay you a first for him at the deadline
2: I don't I don't I mean I just for me the tape hasn't if I'm evaluating him, the tape hasn't been good enough the what he's done has not been good enough to justify giving up even a late even like the 28th overall pick
1: it's too bad Shirelli got fired they could have probably moved Barry and Z to Edmonton for the next 10 first round picks Leon (laughs) dry and their best prospect that sucks Uh, A lot
2: of our, uh, a lot of our trade proposals uh, feel that way too.
1: (laughs) AJ, let's jump to a quick break here. When we come back more news out of Ottawa and you all know why that matters. This is the BSN avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. We will be right back.
0: Hyper electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years When it comes to insurance, sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it. Well, here at BSN Denver, we recommend Farmers Agent Bryce Babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area.
2: If I was a customer looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency hands down is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you.
0: That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now.
2: I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent, switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you.
0: Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible.
2: He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well.
0: If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN.
1: Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hafele here talking trade deadline. AJ, we went over pretty much everyone who you would say is quote unquote available for for the Avs. Obviously, I think there's only a handful of, of untouchables. But as far as guys that they are either actively listening on, actively calling about, or in Tyson Berry's case, which has been the situation for the last several years, entertaining calls, entertaining proposals, but uh, not much outside of that. A team on the other side of the continent uh, in Canada whose first-round pick Colorado owns. They are already, I believe, five points back of the next closest team in the standings, and they might be moving on from their three best players. Matt Duchesne today, it was reported uh, by, I believe, Darren Drager. He will sit out of the game on Thursday as to not risk injury as they tried to trade Matt Duchesne. Sounds like his time as a senator is done. AJ. What up? What do you think?
2: Um, <clears throat> obviously it matters, especially mm-hmm. because he's not going to play Thursday. Uh, Ottawa is playing New Jersey on Thursday, and New Jersey is now five points ahead of Ottawa. So, a regulation win by the Devils would put them seven up, and um, that might be out of contact. Like that might be it for Ottawa and New Jersey being in like the same realm.
1: Twenty. Know? 20 whatever games left, seven points back. You're moving on from some of your best players. That's tough ground to make.
2: Up. Right. And now the separation between Ottawa and Los Angeles is just down to three points. Edmonton at four points. Uh, and then Detroit and New Jersey at five points. So New Jersey on Thursday, New Jersey's got to win that game. No Matt Duchesne playing. That matters. Um, obviously, that matters on a micro level, on a macro level. Uh, I mean, no, no Matt Duchesne. That's what their they're either their leading score, their second leading score. I'm not sure which between him and uh Stone is actually up there, but I'll look it up. It's uh it's Stone. So It's Stone. Yeah, Duchesne, 58 points in 50 games is no longer going to be playing for them. Uh Stone 62 points in 59 games. Um and then Ryan Dezingle, 44 points in 57 games. You take those guys out and it's very, it's pretty similar scoring to what the Avs roster has, where Shabbat is the berry and tyranny is Soderberg. Um, it's it's a whole lot of like okay players having okay seasons.
1: Yeah. Uh, sounds like Nashville is the favorite. Matt Shane said he's open to a sign and trade. Do you see kind of a nightmare scenario where Matthew Shane's right back in the central?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's very, I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? They were in on it when he was in Colorado. Um, it makes, I I continue to, to try to convince the world that Nashville does not like Kevin Fiala. And I think Fiala is exactly the kind of guy that uh, that would make a lot of sense in that kind of deal. If if it's Fiala, I mean Fiala or Tolvanen, I guess. But um, I would do Fiala just because his contract is up at the end of this year, and that makes it easier for Nashville to re-sign Duchesne and not have to worry about another big money deal in Fiala. Mm-hmm. but Tolvanian's got that shiny prospect smell to him. Right. Right. And it would be real smart of Nashville to get rid of that guy before anybody figures it out. <laughs>
0: uh, because
2: I've, I've always been down on Tolvanian. Um He had the great year in the KHL. I don't know what kind of AHL season he's having, um, but I'm, I'm, I have always been really underwhelmed by his all around game. Uh, great shooter, fun, offensive talent, but I I think he's a little too one-dimensional and I don't know that he ends up being like a really high-caliber NHL player. Uh, I would try and get you all out of there before Tolvainen, but I, it it makes a lot of sense. And I think mentally, I probably am ticketing that guy there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think Duchesne in Nashville makes a lot of sense. And if Duchesne gets traded somewhere else and makes it to market, I think him signing in Nashville makes a lot of sense. Yeah, everybody understands personality-wise why he would fit there. You know, he's he's a country boy in at at heart, going to what would be the most country team out there,
1: right? Yeah, it uh, it appears as though, despite their best efforts, Ryan O'Reilly, Paul Stastny, and Matt Duchesne will all end up back in the Western Conference, uh, uh, two of which in the Avs division. Another player that might be on the move to the Central Division because why not? Mark Stone. Yeah. What what he uh what do you got on Mark Stone?
2: Um
1: I think I think Winnipeg
2: wants to get involved, but I also think Winnipeg knows that they've got a bit of a problem on their hands. Um their prospect pipeline isn't as strong as it once was. Uh their defense faces about a thousand question marks moving forward. You know, they don't know what's going on with Jacob Truba. Tyler Myers is a free agent at the end of this year. Um, Dustin Bufflin is thirty three years old already. You know, that they, they need to they need to kind of value the 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 prospects, the solid prospects they have. You know, Sammy Niku obviously is is the big one there. Um, at forward, you know, Christian Veselainen is their, is their big prospect that's not in the uh, in the NHL right now, or even the AHL, is he, you know, he wanted to go play in Finland. So, um, or I'm sorry, in the KHL. And I just, I don't know that they, they've got to be really careful. That is not a team that can get rid of ELCs willy-nilly. Because they're gonna have a hard time attracting free agents. They can't really get into those big battles. Um, we've seen them kind of go big at the deadline, and you know, Paul Stasny was a great fit for them last year, but then he left. And it was like, well, all right. You know, how many how many years are they comfortable moving on from first round picks? They've already given up their third rounder and their seventh rounder this year. They give up their first rounder. This is a team that has to rely on draft and development that will be giving away a large chunk of their draft capital.
1: Not to mention they've got Kyle Connor and Patrick line both up for raises here fairly soon.
2: Yeah. And you know, those are some of the young guys that like, those are the guys that you think are going to, are going to take them into the next wave. Uh, Jack Roslevic, same thing. Um, You know, Mason Appleton has been a, Quite a revelation for them. Uh, he's been he's been really good for them. Um, so those are those are the guys. You know they have to continue to have draft picks to find the Mason Appletons of the world, to get the Andrew Cops. You know to develop the 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 Lowrys and to go out and sign the uh, the Brandon Tanev's. You know these these depth guys that have been so good for them, and for them to be looking at moving the, all the chips into the middle, they've got to be real careful about doing that. Um, you know, I giving up Sammy Niku, Nick Patan, first-round picks, you know, the, I think they could survive those. But once those guys are gone, there are not guys in their system to readily replace them. And then with them also looking at moving out picks and having already moved picks out, they can't even use the draft to replenish their system to replace the prospects that they they drafted or that they traded away. So Winnipeg has to be really careful, in my opinion. They are teetering on a really weird spot where, you know, Blake Wheeler's already 32 years old. They're getting, you know, and he's about to get ultra expensive the next couple of years. You know, Bufflin's already older. They signed Hellebuck to the big money deal, and he's responded this year by being okay. He's been a league average starter this year. Mm -hmm. And, that's not gonna. That's not gonna win you a cup. League average starting goaltending just doesn't win you a cup. So, you know they've got plenty of young guys locked up, especially at the forward position. Um, but they've got to be real careful because that defense, there's not a lot on the way in terms of prospects. And that's, I mean, that's what teams are after in these kinds of big deals, right? They want defensive prospects. Oh, you're, you're going to trade for Mark Stone? Great. But you're gonna to have to give us a top D part, especially a team like Ottawa, like that needs that. Their okay. forward prospects are all, you know, they're they're pretty set there, I think. They've got to feel real good about their forward prospects moving forward and the youth and the guys, that group that they've built up. But outside of outside of Thomas Shabbat, there's not a lot uh, to be really excited about yet. You know, they used their top two picks last year, um, uh, in in the draft, or two of their top three picks, the top pick was Kachuk, but they use they use a late first and a second on defensemen, and that's that's what they need to continue to to load up on, and that's where Winnipeg's got to be real careful with any kind of a stone deal.
1: Dzingel's the third of of I I think he's three out of three with no disrespect to Dzingel out of those, uh, <clears throat> out of that trio. Dzingel's going to kind of be if if everyone else has moved out, we'll see what's still out there for him. Uh, you got to yeah. think right. Yeah. Uh, Artemi Panarin, not playing tonight due to a stomach flu. Uh, John Tortorella gave a very graphic des- description of, of how he was feeling to make sure that people knew they weren't holding him out uh, for the same reason that Matt Shane will be held out on Thursday. What do you think happens with Artemi Panarin? Does Columbus use him as their own rental or does Florida go ahead and make the move now? Cause they've already been trying to clear cap space. It seems like to get their hands on both Panarin and Bobrovsky.
2: Um, I don't think either of those guys are going to move. I, I think that they are just going to say, Hey, we built this team. We like this team. We're going for it with this team. <laughs> and I see- can't, I can't blame them, man. I, it's they're in such a tough spot because they've built a really solid hockey team. And those are two huge guys that are part of it. And it's, it's easy for us to sit here and say, move them out, get something for them. You can't, you can't let those guys walk on you. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you don't know what happens in the postseason. Right. You know, it's obviously it's unlikely that they go on and win the cup, but would any of us be really that surprised if Sergei Bobrovsky suddenly caught fire after a blah season in the right. playoffs right before he's set to hit free agency and make a <laughs> whole lot of money and, and that guy backstops them to a Stanley Cup final appearance? Right. And even if those guys walk, is making the Stanley Cup finals in Columbus, is that enough? Is that worth it? How do they make it worth it? Is it, is it cup or bust? I I just don't know I I don't know man I that's that's so hard right I uh,
1: you've heard their name come up in Matt Duchesne talks but man you've got to think that's a team that's not gonna give up any assets unless they know he's staying there long term yeah
2: yeah I mean somebody will give up something for him if they actually truly made him available Artemi Panarin's too good.
1: Right, right. But I mean if you're if you're Columbus trading again, they they've they've come up again in Matt Duchesne talks. To me, that doesn't make much sense if you're gonna give up assets if you know that the guy's gonna walk. Uh, I mean, unless they did something where they traded like Panarin for Duchesne and then Ottawa was able to flip Panarin, but even then you're That's a
2: lot of work for Ottawa to try and do.
1: Right, right, right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, Columbus is gonna be an interesting one to watch, man. I'm I'm anxious to see what uh
2: Yeah, they're in a lose-lose position.
1: For sure. Uh, AJ, what do you think? One more quick break, and then we will come back and take some of your guys' mock trades. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back.
0: Arthur and the folks over at Elixinal's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try.
3: My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue.
1: Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. AJ Hafley, Jesse Montano here. Talking trade deadline. We've talked abs, we've talked senators, we've talked Artemi Panarin. Now it is time to talk what you guys are talking about. We have uh, four mock trades here marked. I've got two. AJ brought two. Uh, it's like show and tell all over again. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, have at it. All right. Uh, this first one comes from Aaron Wagner. Uh, This trade has a prerequisite that Varley is willing to sign a team-friendly deal and accept a uh, 1A, 1B situation, Hmm. uh, and possibly even a backup. Tyson Berry and Philip Grubauer to Anaheim for John Gibson. I'd imagine you'd probably have to throw in a pick on top of that, but... uh, Yeah, like
2: Colorado's uh, first.
1: Yeah. Uh, All right, so let's say you add in Colorado's first. Would you do it? I mean, I would... I think I would probably do it. Yeah. Uh, if you're Anaheim, would you do it?
2: Probably not.
1: What do you think it would take for the Avs to pull a John Gibson out of Anaheim?
2: More than that. I mean, he's just, it's, he's signed, man.
1: Well, like, and, like and John that, Gibson that's... is an
2: elite goalie that, you know, he he's kept them afloat this year, and he started to to show that he's human. But that's a horrific team in front of him, and he's he's been good for I mean the guy's never had a below average season
1: that that's a legit Vesna goaltender on a bad team and he signed
2: he's twenty five years old and he signed for eight years
1: uh-huh.
2: and he's signed at six point four million so you're not having to worry. He's on a great contract. He's at a great age, and he's got a great track record of success already. The only thing that you worry about with John Gibson is that he always gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Abs fans think Barley's got injury issues. That guy got problems. Yeah, and so that's and that's a very legitimate concern. But that is a setting for like moving forward through this rebuild that they're going to have. They don't have to worry about that position
1: at all. Yeah. Uh, you're up.
2: Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I've got to do this.
1: <laughs> you have to participate.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. So f- one of these, um, it's a Florida, it's a Florida deal.
1: Okay. I've got one too. Hopefully it's not the same one.
2: Uh, probably not. I mean, I would imagine that the basics are probably the same. Um, so Colorado Colorado gets Huberdeau. Uh Florida gets Tyson Berry, Shane Bowers, and Nick Melosh.
1: Okay, no, we don't have the same one. <laughs> uh,
2: yours, so, is yours the Sasha Barkov deal?
1: Uh, no.
2: Okay, good. Because that's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> So um, anyway, this Uberdo deal, I like it Colorado getting Uberdo would be great. And for Barry, that's a that's something that I think makes sense for both of them. I also would agree that it would take more than Barry to get Uberdo out of there. But Shane Bowers and Nick Malosh pretty heavy-handed. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> I like I I could live with Shane Bowers. Yeah. Honestly, I could probably live with Shane Bowers or Nick Malosh as the add-ons in that deal, but not, not both. both. Yeah, not yeah. both. I would really say Shane Bowers, I could live with just because it's easier to find the forwards and the abs don't really, as I just talked about, the abs don't really have much in the way of defensive prospects, serious defensive prospects coming. Um, you know, most of their prospects right now, it's like, it's like Nate Klerman, who, you know, sixth round pick. Uh, right. <laughs> um, Zerovalov, fifth round pick. And, um, Nick Lieberman, a seventh-round pick. Like, they've got very few high-end guys right now. Right. So uh, I would say Shane Bowers and Tyson Berry for Uberdo would be an intriguing deal uh, for Florida that I think they sh- that they could justifiably take. And and bo- I think both teams could be happy with that. But I would not give up both Bowers and Malosh. I would want to keep one of those guys. And my preference yeah. would be to keep Malosh.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, I like that. I don't mind that one at all, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I, think, I think that'd be a nice fit. Uh, here's another interesting one. Florida again. Now, uh, this one comes from at John Jones underscore Mars. I <laughs> will say you'll probably have to update what pick this is, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, he's talking about Mike Hoffman. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Florida seems to want cap space. Uh, Maybe an Andrew Ghetto, a third-round pick, and a prospect.
2: You'd have to be a really good
1: prospect. So that's why I'm saying maybe you up that pick a little bit and then, yeah, pick your B-level prospect. What do you think? You you made a noise when I said Mike Hoffman.
2: Um, I mean, Hoffman's a nice player, okay? Um, but he's 29 years old. Uh, he's a UFA after next season, Um, but he's, you know, he's, he's in like the sixth year of his career in a row that he's got 20 goals. Yeah. Fifth year end of his career that he's got 20 goals. So a nice player, like a good, solid NHL player, good wing, a good goal scoring wing. That makes perfect sense. Like I, I don't, I don't love that he's already 29, um, and, you know, is obviously going into his 30s and will be a free agent after next year. Uh, if you're going to go after some of the, like going after like a JT Miller, I think makes more sense where he's younger and he's signed long-term, he's cost-controlled, and you're not having to try and fit his his next contract into a long-term salary cap plan for your team.
1: Yeah, see, <clears throat> what I liked about that one was if if you could do it, you know, again, with that kind of baseline, maybe you got to adjust the pick. Maybe you got to, you know, up the prospect a bit. Uh, nothing crazy. But to me, that's someone who could help you this year get into the playoffs and 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 make some noise. You know, you replace him uh, where Andrew Ghetto is on these kind of retooled lines. That obviously remains to be seen how long they stay together. Um, yeah. Mike Hoffman... But Nathan, Nathan McKinnon yeah. and Kerfoot sounds a lot better than Andrew Ghetto. Uh, so from that standpoint, I think it would make sense. I agree with you that, hey, you know, he's a little bit older. Uh, you don't have much term left. But that's a guy that um, <clears throat> I think would make sense in a, hey, this will help us now. And worst case scenario, we can flip him next year. Or if he just mixes in that, well, you know, if there's a $5 million player that, like you said, he's going to score you yeah. 20 goals.
2: Yeah. And the question is, uh, you know, does he become like the next James Neal, you know, who hits free agency at 30, has a track record of 20 goal seasons. And then, you know, we've seen Neal struggle so badly in Calgary this year. And that was a guy that we all would have been totally fine with the abs getting last year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, James Neal now at 31, making just under six mil per for the next couple of years. And he's got 15 points this year. <laughs> So, Which, you know, the irony
1: because of what Calgary's doing, right? Standing by.
2: Like that's a guy that you know, Neil was a, a twenty goal guy. He was he was. I mean, he had a forty goal season. He 30, you know, he pushed thirty like a couple of times. Like this is this James Neal was like proven right, and so yeah. James Neal's giving me all the all the concern in the world for a guy like Mike Hoffman.
1: Totally fair. Uh, what do you got? What's your fourth one for us? Uh,
2: I accidentally closed my window.
1: Your second one, our fourth, I should say.
2: So uh, I've got this one is interesting just because I think it's I, I don't like this particular deal, but I think it touches on something that's fun. Um, To the Islanders is, is Barry and Colin Wilson. Hmm. And to Colorado is Josh Hosang, Lucas Pisa, Bodie Wild, and Ilya Sorokin.
1: Mm, Bodie Wild.
2: So, see, and you got excited about Bodie Wild. I care <laughs> about Sorokin. Sorokin's the best goalie prospect not in the NHL right now. Um, he's he's in a, He's been an elite KHL goaltender since he was like 19 years old. Uh, he's awesome, and he's shown no inclination to sign with the Islanders. Um, I, you'd obviously have to figure out how serious he is about coming over to North America, what he wants. I don't know that that guy is going to come over and play in the AHL for a year, for example, because again, elite KHL goaltender. So um, that would be the prize of that deal. Uh, Josh Hosang is a bust. I'm moving on from that. I'm not interested in that. Lucas Pisa is a bad NHL defenseman and has been for a while. Bodie wild is a nice defensive prospect that would go a long way towards helping uh, that, that, prospect depth on defense he's right-handed um a talented guy but a long ways off like that's a that's a down the road kind of guy that deal is all about Ilya sorokin and how does he turn out um i would i would want to change it i would get rid of spiza entirely and i would rather have like a draft pick for example um but and and josh hosang i'm mm. He is an interesting guy. Hosang is an interesting right. guy because he's the he's a super change of scenery guy. You know, he's a first-round pick. He's 23. He's got tons of skill. Uh, he's put up great numbers in the AHL in his career, but he hasn't gotten much of a chance with the Islanders in the NHL, and he's got major, major maturity red flags that have not gone away yeah. since he got drafted. You know, yep. the Islanders rolled the dice on him. Um, at the end of the first round in 2014, and hey, it was worth a shot. The guy's definitely got the talent to justify the attempt. um But instead of Ho saying, I'd probably go for a guy like Kiefer Bellows, where oh yeah, you know all he does is score goals. He's got a very incomplete all around game, but the guy is just a monster when it comes to shooting the puck, and the Abs could really use a forward prospect who can get down on that one knee and just blast a puck bass past a goaltender. They don't have a lot of that uh, in their system. They don't have a lot of it in the NHL. So a guy, uh, a guy like that would be a really good fit uh, for them. But I, I doubt they'd be really willing to like that. I doubt they'd be excited about moving on from him so quickly. Um, but that's that's kind of a framework that I would go for. Like Sorokin is. A really, 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 really interesting prospect because he's super high end and they own his rights forever. And uh, it's easy to be excited about him, given given his age, his track record, all that. You know, he might be the best goalie that's not in North America right now.
1: Let me ask you this. This will be the last one that we're going to get out of here for today. We've gone through all of our mock trades. Again, thank you guys so much for getting those in. Keep those up as we'll be doing, like I said, at least one more of these, if not two, uh, later this week. I guess I should have asked you about this in the last segment. Jesse puyi was placed on injured reserve today. Uh, Really, it looks like that was them attempting to clear any kind of of deck for Andre Sakera coming off long-term IR. But they said that when he comes back, they think it's best for his development to go to the AHL, which he, I suppose, I, I guess, is not too thrilled about. If this yeah. is a guy that's available by next week, do you think the Avs should take a run at Jesse Puljuarvi?
2: Always depends on cost, but yeah,
1: yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think that kid would fit in great. His, uh, his I mean, stuff.
2: it's it's absolute. He's absolutely the kind of talent that's they should be taking a chance on, and. It's funny because it's like we're we're tired of reclamation projects because Colorado was loaded up on so many of them over the last few years, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't know a better way to say I I want to take a chance on that guy. I like his game. I think he could be even if he doesn't end up being a high end player. I think he's got the skill set, the size, and the you know the tools to to turn into an effective NHLer. Even if ends up being a bottom six guy. So I wouldn't get too crazy in a deal. Uh, everybody says, well, why not just swap Joe's for Puglia I can't say that I would have a major objection to that at this point.
1: Great goal it, last night
2: though. Oh man, loved it. Loved it. Isn't that it. everything
1: and you want you want from Jose right there?
2: Did not give him uh I did not give him a great grade. And I've had multiple people reach out to me and say that they disagreed with my assessment that he kind of disappeared after that goal. They thought he played a strong game, and I fully will admit that I, I, there's a good chance that I just missed it. It's hard to grade 18 guys every game, okay?
1: Well, we, we <laughs> it's funny because anytime you know we do the grades, if you know if we're together, you you, you always seem to get to that point. Not you, generally you, uh, you, where where you get to a certain guy, you're like, ah, shit, you're like you're you're. Yeah, you're fifteen guys through. And you're like, I I just didn't have time to look at Matt Calvert tonight. <laughs> like you're I was, right. I, I was watching everyone else. I just I didn't notice Matt Calvert, and that's you know, or whoever Tyson Jones in this case. It's not that he was bad. I just I didn't notice him because I was trying to assess everyone yeah. else on the ice at
2: the same. Time. The the number one Av for me this year in that category is Colin Wilson.
0: He oh, is the really? guy that
2: I consistently get to the end of the grades because I do you know I do it alphabetically and I get to the bottom right. and I'm like oh god I forgot he played. <laughs> uh, and then Gabe I, works mine. I go back through. Well, see, he fourth line guys, you you either see them in their seven shifts or you don't. Like AJ Greer last <laughs> night, I didn't even give a grade because he straight up played four minutes and I was like yeah. five. Four minutes isn't enough time to do anything. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh AJ, let's get out of here. I know you got some stuff going on, and uh we want to get this posted so that the masses can listen. Again, mm. guys, with, with trade deadline coming up between that and the game schedule, I don't want to commit to when or what we'll be talking about on the rest of the, the pods this week. We do uh, know Adrian
2: on. is doing one.
1: We do know AD is doing one. Yeah. Lanche is in town, so we are uh oh. I'm gonna try to speak with them. Uh, tomorrow, and and again, just kind of depending on, on what news hits this week, you might not get much for game recaps. I I kind of talked about that last night, that the, the game yeah. recaps, uh, especially for this week, will probably be uh, one segment, as there's a lot of moving parts around the NHL right now. Uh, so we'll have shows the rest of this week for sure, but when and what mm-hmm. they're about uh, is kind of TBD, as as is everything this time of year. So we we For sure. we promise we'll keep you up to date. Um, and if nothing happens, then nothing happens. And and we'll talk about the games, and it'll be a fun uh, sprint to the finish. But this trade deadline, it seems like it's heating up to finally be one that uh, sees a lot of action. So uh, as all that stuff is coming up, we will be all over it, uh, making sure that you guys are completely up to date. AJ, I think we're good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh we still have our uh, our sale going on though, yeah. As far as, as I know. As you were in the office yesterday, make sure you guys I've gotten a bunch of DMs from people. Hey, I want to renew. Uh hey, you know, I I've I've gotten a few that I'm hey, I'm month to month. Would it be would this be a good opportunity for me to renew? Great Absolutely. opportunity. That's You're,
2: the best opportunity.
1: If you are on a month to month subscription uh for BSN, take advantage of this. Use the promo code ABS. And uh, and you're literally going to cut what you're paying for for uh, your subscription in half. Um, so it's 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 a no brainer. Make sure you do it. Use that promo code. And that way, if we win, uh, not if when we win, uh, anybody that used that promo code is going to uh, to be able to get a free BSN Denver uh, locker room T shirt. So make sure you guys uh, make sure you guys are doing that. If you have any questions. All of our DMs are open. Just ask. Uh, but I think that's about it for today, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Aj and I are really enjoying doing these podcasts, and uh, we're looking forward to being able to do a couple more uh, here as the uh, as the uh, the week winds down and we get closer Man. to trade deadline.
2: Man, I'm so excited for this year's deadline. I feel yeah. like this year's deadline has more star power than in any of the recent years.
1: Yeah, and and, and you know it's one of those things where. Every year it's like, oh, this guy could be traded. Oh, this guy could be traded. Keep it on this guy. You know, the trade bait list. Yeah. But this, is, this is the year where you have real star power players that are, hey, these guys have to move.
2: <laughs> yeah, like Ottawa's got to get rid of these guys or they're going to get nothing for all these all these cats
1: right and and it's not the same conventional wisdom that you're applying to Columbus where you're saying, oh well, they have to move on from their expiring contracts no, they don't they're in a playoff spot they might go take a run and use them as their own rentals. Ottawa's out of it. Ottawa's done. Ottawa doesn't have have a a, a first round pick this year or their own first round pick this year I should say they do have a first round pick uh you know so they they need to recuperate picks they Which they've uh, done a great
2: job of to like to their credit. Yeah. If you go and you look at like their their draft capital over the next three years, man. They have tons of it. They've done yeah. a great job moving on from guys and getting picks primarily from San Jose. <laughs> but these are uh these are they two own guys four picks from San Jose in the next three years.
1: That's so funny. <laughs> these are uh these are two guys that are going to fetch you first round picks. So Ottawa needs to move on from them. Ah, uh, Columbus is in a really tough situation because they know their guys aren't coming back. So I, I'm right there with you, man. There's a lot of star power in this trade deadline, and I think uh, I think you can see some some serious players on the move. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. Trade deadline Sunday, yeah. Monday. Monday. Oh, all yeah. Right.
2: Monday. They, the uh, Avs Panthers game, so there will be a little drama there I have morning uh. skate
1: uh sundays are normally free agency right
2: i mean july 1st is free agency oh, that's right it
1: was sunday this last year
2: the only uh, thing the only thing that's like static is uh the draft is uh friday and saturday uh, and this year it's actually it's early this year it's like early early this year
1: interesting yeah, well, well just, that... just
2: because the uh, free agency tampering period and all that stuff will be opened if they were to do it the next week, so if they were to do the draft on the 28th and 29th this year.
1: Oh, 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 oh. oh. Free
2: agency tampering would already be open.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So uh, they had to do it the week earlier. So hopefully the playoffs don't run extra long. Otherwise, <laughs> everything could get really complicated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. No kidding. Like
2: a team is having its parade on on June fifteenth, and then uh, you know they they're doing the awards on the nineteenth in Vegas, and then these dudes are getting traded away the next week.
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's gonna be wild. But that is for the summer. I think that's gonna do it for us tonight. For AJ Hatley, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche. Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening. Keep an eye and an ear to bsndenver.com for all of your trade deadline updates. Thanks so much, guys.